Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the All American Sports Podcast today. Today, we have a special guest joining us. I'm joined by Carla Jimenez of the University of Southern California. Um, I've interviewed some broadcasters recently, but this guy has a crazy resume. Carlo, anything you want to say here before we get started? Uh, I'm honored to be on the podcast. I know you've had a lot of great guests on, and um, I'm happy to, you know, try to try to be like those people and hopefully have a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. So, Carlo, if you guys don't know, uh, I interviewed Jack Smith, and Carlo is also from USC, a broadcaster, and he really does it all like I, I look I mean football basketball all the way to water polo this guy does everything um he's won awards he's covered some of the biggest events in sports like March Madness he's worked in the Cape League which I'm a big fan of and really all across the board so we're gonna get uh to some questions about that some comments around the sports world stuff like that uh so we'll get going here in just a second Carl I'm just gonna start off kind of you know give the give the audience a little um, you know, set the scene, explain your role kind of at USC and how you came about this great opportunity, because, uh, especially given the recent success to really, you know, cover all use USC athletics. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of luck involved, uh, a lot of, involved. um, so when I was like looking around at schools as a senior, um, I tried to learn as much as I could about each school and kind of like what they're like, um, also what the school was like overall um my parents were big on like you know making sure you go somewhere that if i wanted to change careers if i wanted to do something else um that I should, like confident comfortable and thriving in those situations so uh usc was a great fit i was super didn't think i was gonna get in but somehow i got in snuck by and um i the first like week i was here on campus i emailed the student radio station and i was like hey like i want to do broadcasting um, do you guys have any opportunities? And they're like, uh, can you be at the game on Thursday or on Saturday? That's awesome. And we were playing Fred. Yeah, and I was like, sure. So I did halftime, like my second weekend on campus. Um, and then I also emailed the athletics department and was like, hey, do you guys need any like help with streaming, um, broadcasters for that? And they, you know, Pac-12 Plus, which is like Pac-12 streaming. So like, you know, you have like ACC Extra yeah. or like ESPN. Like, like kind of same thing gotcha um and they needed people for that too so like week two i was calling a soccer game so i was really lucky that I to a place where there wasn't a lot of people in front of me um when i like after my freshman year there was three seniors doing sports radio at the radio station and they left and so it was really just like me um so yeah i, I just honestly I, I lucked out <laughs> i lucked out that there wasn't a whole lot of interest in like broadcasting usc um, with the time I got here and then just, you know, you want to, you want, uh, this is one thing that I've always believed in is like luck is when you're prepared for an opportunity to be opportunity, right? So like I was lucky that that opportunity came, but then I also felt like I was like somewhat prepared to take on that opportunity. Um, and so I tried to take advantage of it and I'm st- still doing it. Still yeah. Calling one yeah. <laughs> That's still awesome. Calling just like that. That's that's a crazy story. I mean, they really, wow, put you on the spot there. You know, can you be at the game Thursday? That's awesome. And I know yeah. you do a lot of work, you know, football, basketball, baseball, the major sports. But, you know, I, I can't even imagine calling a sport like water polo. Like, how do you adapt your broadcasting style to become, you know, so versatile to be able to cover, you know, such a wide range of athletic events? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's a lot of YouTube, man. I don't know what I'd do without YouTube, to be honest. Um, and then also, you know, like reaching out to people who call those sports. Um, the great thing is, like, yeah. the NCAA posts every single sports championship on YouTube. That's like, I think, I don't know if it's, it's it might not be everyone, but most sports. Yeah. So, like, they have water polo national championships going back like 10 years. So, I watched a bunch of those. Um, talked to the coaches, talked to people I knew who had called games. And then honestly, man, at the beginning, like you just got to fake it so you make it, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and be like three or four whistles and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, and you're just there, like you're trying to call the action. Yeah, um, yeah I, we had, I was lucky because I had watched a water polo match before, like just one yeah. at my high school. But it's nothing like calling it. Um, uh, it's a great sport, underrated sport. Uh, it goes by really quick. There's a lot of action, not a lot of downtime. Um, water polo is awesome. But, yeah, learning water polo is tough because how water polo works is, like, if you get a card or an exclusion is what they call it, like, yeah. you just swim out and the action kind of continues. And yeah. so, like, similar to, like, lacrosse substitutes, like, you have to be watching, like, where guys are all the time. But yeah. it's, it's a blast. That, yeah, I mean, I can't even, like, that's so foreign to me. I have never watched water polo, especially in the East Coast. They barely have it, but that's that's just so crazy to me. And, I mean, obviously, you events like those, and then you've obviously, I mean, you covered events like March Madness, I know, as a sophomore, and then you had the, the 2020 and the 2022, uh, the Pac-12 championship for football. What was it like to cover, you know, those such significant events? Yeah, I mean, really cool. I think... The weird part was for March Madness and for the 2020 Pac-12 Championship, there was barely anybody in the building. Yeah. Um, for the Pac-12 Championship, there was no one in the building. Um, and then, so that was weird because there's a huge game. We're up against Oregon in the Coliseum and like literally it's cardboard cutouts. And for March Madness, like they had like half capacity. Um, but still like super cool experiences. You meet a lot of really nice people. Um it's it and then then doing like an actual one like this year with the Pac-12 championship I think like you understand um I don't know like how big these moments are like yeah. I never really in the ship conference championship was like and then you go and like it is it's an event like there it is intense yeah. and people like I don't know there's just a different intensity to those games which is yeah. really really fun and you lucked out because that was a great game that, that Tulane and USC game was crazy. I remember I was watching that, and it was just back and forth till the very end. Yeah, yeah. That was one for the Trojans, but yeah. heck of a game. Yeah. I actually called the Pac-12 championship. We, another broadcaster of ours, Eli Kleiman, called the, the Sugar Bowl, which was that game. Oh, yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm, I was just saying. I'm all over the place. Yeah, that was a great one. But wait, remind me the Pac-12 championship for a second. So that was USC Utah. Oh That's my when, like, yes. Caleb pulled it. Yeah. It was. It and was I mean, because they that was USC's only loss that point, right? Yeah. Then we played them again. Yeah. And then they beat us and again. And then yeah, I I remember that was a heartbreaking game because I remember that was really the college football playoff was on the line. Um, obviously. And that was that you're right. I mean, that's such a significant game. I, I can't even imagine what that atmosphere is like. 
And then you've also, yeah. you've gone down to a place like Cape Cod, which I'm more familiar with and probably some of my audience here on the East Coast are more familiar with. Um, I'm a Firebirds fan myself. I know that's how I really like, I've, I've kind of reconnected with you because I recognize you from there. And I, I had to ask, I mean, you covered them and we see, you know, talent from that level come to the Major League Baseball, you know, the ranks of Major League Baseball every year. Um you know, who were some of your favorite players? Maybe talk about, you know, what that experience kind of taught you um, while down there in the Cape Cod Baseball League with uh, not only Orleans, but also the Armitage Red Sox, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Cape Cod's amazing. Um, if, if anybody hasn't been to a Cape Cod Baseball League game is watching, like, you should go. They're literally free. Um, yeah. But I think the cool part about Cape Cod and kind of the stressful part about Cape Cod is, like, when you're there as a broadcaster, there's baseball players like your age, like all the guys who are playing yeah. are, are the same age as me. But like they have a good summer and they earn themselves like a couple million dollars, you know. So like the pressure on these twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old guys is unreal. Um, and so it's a it, watching them handle that. I think is like something that I really enjoy. And a lot of guys will tell you like going to Cape Cod is purely a mental exercise like yes everyone's throwing harder you know yes the ball is moving a little bit more um but like to be because the first two weeks no one hits well the average in the league is like hovering over 200 and then it starts to pick up but you got to get through that initial like mental slump um in terms of guys i've seen who i've really enjoyed i called chase delauder who was with orleans oh yeah um who was pick two years ago um brooks lee was on cape cod two years ago um a guy i got to watch this year Braden montgomery who's freshman of the year in the pack full at stanford um but yeah it, it's it's a really cool experience um all the fields are like insanely nice um they're a little funky like orleans is 434 yeah. center field um but it's it's a really cool experience it's um it's fun yeah you meet a lot of great broad and like other people in the media trying to like pursue their passions which i think is always cool yeah because there's a lot of there's a lot of guys like that there right and i i like you mentioned the mental aspect because that's something i really didn't factor in but yeah you're right i mean these guys are coming from all over the coast and you're down in the cape and it's a completely different world and you're right i mean chase delauder is a guy who i know i think he i believe he's from james madison which is not a big baseball school and that really that summer in Cape Cod really skyrocketed his draft stock. Yeah, I mean, he was hitting like 400 at James Madison the year before Cape Cod. Yeah. But like, no one's, like, no one's really looking at it. He played a summer league before um, and he hit 500 and like broke yeah. every record they had. But again, draft, there was nothing in the draft stock and then he goes to Cape Cod and he matches the league leading home runs Yeah, and you're like, okay, this guy is legit. Um, mm. So yeah, it was it was really cool. Yeah, because for a small place, it's it's hard to see scouts like that come in. But yeah, and for someone like you, you broadcasted over four hundred. I read collegiate events, which is just it's it's crazy. Um, you know, plenty more in high school. And what do you say really to someone like me, or you know, you talk with the people in Cape Cod who wants to you know kind of do what you do and become a sports broadcaster, especially in college. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know too much, but I'd say, like, biggest thing is, like, going out and trying it. So I always tell people, like, watch it, I used, like, watch games on your TV, call it into a recorder, listen to it, compare yourself to the broadcaster calling the game, see what you like, see what you don't like. 
um, you know, have an ear when you're watching a game and really listening. I think those things can be really helpful. Um, and wherever you end up, like, going to school, like, researching what kind of opportunities there are with the athletics department, um, with, the pro- with the radio station, and then with the school in general. Um, I think, like, yeah, doing that stuff was super helpful. And then also, in this industry, what I've learned uh, as I'm, like, trying to apply for jobs now yeah. is that uh, if you think you're going to, like, call the NBA when you graduate at 22, like, or the NFL, or, you know, be the voice of a team, like, it's probably not going to happen. So, like, having patience and really enjoying the broadcast you're in, I think is my, like, that would be my biggest piece of advice. Like, if you approach every broadcast, like, you're, like, it's the Super Bowl, and you just enjoy that broadcast, and then try to improve every time, like, you're listening back to your tapes, you know, you're, you're listening to other broadcasters and try to pick up things. Um, if you do that, like, in a long time, you will be super successful. Yeah. So that, that would be my advice. Yeah, thanks. You know, because I know, yeah, a lot of kids, you know, they have these big dreams, but yeah, patience. And I, I think for myself, and if you really love sports broadcasting, like I can find enjoyment, and I know you have because you called games like this and really like the littlest of games. Um, but in, yeah. you know, when you're broadcasting that many events, I know I read that you were the Jim Nance Award winner in 2022 or uh, first team All-American for that award, which is, you know, one of the top six broadcasters um, in, in college as a junior, by the way. So I want to say congratulations, but I know I talked to Jack Smith, um, one of the people you're familiar with at USC who had a crazy story about his award, you know, it kind of talk about what that award meant to you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always nice to get recognition. Like that's never a bad thing. Um, it was cool to, uh, have my name pop up with so many other, like really, really good broadcasters, um, who I've, who I like, you know, I've listened to and from time to time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just shows you, you know, you're doing the right thing, which I think is, is a nice thing, but also like, this business is so subjective. I think I do this myself too. Like sometimes you put too much into those awards, um, where they're not the end all be all, right? Like yeah. you just, like they're, they're, they're not going to make or break somebody's career. So I think it's good to appreciate those things, to appreciate the work, but to not do, to not focus too much. And that's a tough balance. Cause like, let's be honest, like, college basketball players, college football players, like they're looking at the two, four, seven rankings, the on three rankings. Like they watch that stuff just as much as broadcasters will look at like the STAA rankings. But I think, you know, trying to not be honed in on that instead honed in on your next broadcast is the best, is the best way to get something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's great advice. And I was, uh, yeah, that's for anyone listening, I mean, yeah, that that is great advice. Um, just to you know appreciate it, but then also be able to move on, have that kind of story. And um, yeah, I, I know the USC. I mean, at your school. Kind of talk about you know what that experience in the university has been like, because I know right now the men and women are um, seventeen and six, both I believe. I looked today, and yeah. you know working towards the NCAA tournament. Um, the stakes are high, but kind of talk, you know, you're a senior now, what has the experience been like, you know, at USC as a whole, you know, with broadcasting, but also broadcasting aside? Yeah. Um, you know, with broadcasting, I couldn't ask for anything better to be honest, like, uh, you know, getting to call all those games, getting to watch 
top five picks in basketball and a Heisman winner in Caleb Williams, like yeah. a team that was fourth in the country, watching a team beat Kansas and, and go to the Elite Eight in basketball, beat Oregon. Um, I, I really, I've, I've seen us beat UCLA on buzzer beaters twice. Um, it, it's only happened a handful of times in men's basketball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I really could not. I have had an, an incredible experience here um, in terms of broadcasting. Um, you know, the, it's not all like it's not the perfect world. You know, in the perfect world, um, I wish we could like have a little more funding to travel a little more for basketball yeah. and women's basketball um, and other sports. But, you know, there's so many opportunities like I'd be remiss to, to complain about anything. Um, and, and then in terms of outside the school, I think it's a little different. Like if for me, when I was graduating high school, like I thought I wanted to get into broadcasting. So those are the kind of schools I looked into. So I like to like Cronkite, I like to like Syracuse. Um, I really wanted to go to Syracuse and I looked to like, um, what else did I look like Notre Dame has a good broadcasting program. Um, but like I, what I kind of come to enjoy here at USC is that um, people like don't know what I do. Um, broadcasting's like not talked about after I take the headset yeah. off. Um, so it's kind of fun, like coming home to my house of of business and computer science majors and uh, you know science majors, one of them is philosophy, and like we don't talk broadcasting because um, I think you know that's kind of fun, um, and I don't want to think about it too much. And then also like just the school as a whole. The unique part about USC is it's a very big school, 20,000 yeah. under, 20,000 graduate student. But in my experience, you get the small school classrooms. Like I, I have classes with, I had a class last semester with five people. Wow. I've, I've had multiple classes with less than 10. Um, all my major classes, for the most part, have had less than 20. I've had, I think, two major classes with more than like 25. Um, and you do get the big lecture, like I'm in a poetry class right now with eight kids in a big lecture hall. So like, yeah. there is that, but for the most part, you know, you, you build relationships with teachers, you build relationships with faculty. Um, but you also get like huge football and big basketball. And so I think like that is where it's really unique. And there's just, there's so many cool people here I, in my experience. Like everyone, everyone is doing something cool. Um, people are always like trying to, you know, build the next like cool thing or there's film students who are creating movies and I don't know, it's, it's a place of a lot of ambitious individuals, which I think, you know, is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned that they, they don't just know you for broadcasting. I, I think that's awesome. And it shows really how, you know, wide ranging USC is, but you also get, you know, when you're in that broadcasting, some of the feel of, you know, big successful school and successful athletics. And I have to ask you, uh, you know, because I know we only really see what's on the outside as broadcasters. You know, we see the work that goes on the TV, but we don't really see the work, you know, coming in in the games that you prepare. I know broadcasters have to write loads of notes, which I don't think a lot of people know about, but a lot of studying and preparation goes in. I imagine that probably takes away from some school studying a little bit. But, uh, you know, talk about, you know, how you prepare for games and, and shows like that. Yeah, it is a tough balance. It is a yeah. tough balance. Um, you know, I, I've just you like, I I've just had to be. Um, you just have to budget your time really well. Yeah, and I think like what I've learned to do really well in high school and here at USC, 
is taking advantage of 30 minutes here or there, taking advantage of 15 minutes here or there. Um, you know, you have to choose some nights. You know, if I have a game the next day, I'm not going to go out and drink till three in the morning, right? Like, <laughs> probably not a good idea. Yeah. But um, just, you know, thinking of just budgeting time is important. Um, and then also, I've been really lucky and like, um, have great friends in broadcasting outside of broadcasting who, you know, will collaborate or work together on stuff. Um, so yeah, I've, I've had great people and a great support system and we have great, we have really, really great sports information directors here at USC who do a great job with notes, um, and tell, and like storylines and, and, um, yeah, I don't know, like before every game, you get a packet of notes from the school and yeah. like that, that, those are, you know, that's gold. Um, so I'm, I'm really lucky that I have that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, yeah. I mean, cause I like it, you know, you mentioned the balance of time and that's something I, I, you know, you know, as aspiring broadcasters listen to this, we'll have to work on, you know, working throughout college, the ranks, you're going to have obviously broadcasting, but you're going to have other obstacles in the way. So yeah. Yeah, very well said. Um, and the last thing I'll ask you here, cause I, you know, I know it's coming up. We got the Super Bowl on Sunday. Give a prediction to the fans. Oh, put me on the spot. Um, man, I'm a Niner fan, and I watched the Niners get rolled, unfortunately, without a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I would like Jalen Hurts to win one simply because what he went through at Alabama and how he, like, never complained, never said anything bad. You know, he gets it's his team all the way until the final 30 minutes of the season. And, you know, he wore an Alabama shirt later in the season, like earlier this season. Um, So, like, I think it would be cool to see him win one after all he went through in college. Yeah. But that Chiefs team is Patrick Mahomes, man. It's hard (laughs) to pick against Patty in the playoffs. Yeah. As a Patriots fan, I mean, he's a guy I know I'm just going to hate for the next 10 years. He's, he's just so good, and I, I want to go, you know, certain directions. I've been back and forth, but, yeah, it's it's tough. Final prediction. I'm going to go Eagles. I hope the Eagles yeah. can get it done as annoying as Philadelphia fans can be sometimes. Yeah. I, I know. I've heard it's brutal, and, I mean, as a Niners fan, that must have been a tough watch because they get, went into that game with so much hope. They had such a great season, and then really it was all for naught with the Brock Purdy incident. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tough, tough quarterback to throw the football. Yeah. Definitely harder to win. Yeah, and I know I, I know we have a talented quarterback at USC with uh, with Caleb Williams. Excited to see where he goes. And I, I actually, you know, I'll end off with this because I asked Jack the same question. Uh, you know, how do you envision Caleb Williams doing, you know, as he transitions in the NFL? Not this upcoming year. We know he has one more year at USC. But um, uh, how do you envision him as an NFL quarterback in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think Caleb has all the tools. Um, you almost think of him as like a bigger Bryce Young. Like yeah. Bryce Young's knock right now when he's going in the NFL is that he's too small. Yeah. And what affects him or not, I don't know. But Caleb is bigger than Bryce. The throws he makes on the run are absolutely absurd, but he's not looking to run. Like, yeah. I know. Bryce Young is so great because he looks to throw, then he runs. And with Caleb, it's the same way. Um, I mean, his ability to throw the football. When I was a freshman here, Justin Herbert 
tore us up. Like, yeah. <laughs> in, like, 40 to 14. And the way Caleb throws the football with his arm strength, like, reminds you a little bit of Herbert. I just think he has all the tools. Like, the, 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 the way he fits balls into windows, the way he can run on the move. And then also his leadership, um, which doesn't get talked about enough, but he takes losses on the chin. It's always team first guy. Um, he's, he had all of his offensive linemen come to the, to the Heisman ceremony. Like this is a guy who I think in any system, you know, I, you, I look at Joe Burrow and in, in the Bengals and like Joe does not have an offensive line yet. Yeah. He is successful. And I hope Caleb doesn't go to a team that doesn't have an offensive line, but <laughs> without an O line. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, man. The ceiling is high for for Caleb Williams. He is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, sure. no, I I agree with you. I like how you mentioned that little bit about his personality because you probably know him better than any of us here. So, I, yeah, I like that. Now, I think I mean there's no doubt in my mind he will be a successful NFL quarterback. Um, I'm excited to see what he does next year. Unfortunately, we don't have you next year. Um, you know, watching USC games, so uh, I'm going to be disappointed. But you know, I wish you good luck. Uh, Carlo, it was great to have you on today. Any last things here before we uh, say goodbye? Yeah, just thanks so much for having me, man. I really enjoyed uh, talking. Yeah. All right, thank you guys for listening. Definitely uh, looking to do another one with Carlo and some other guests here on the show. Uh, But for now, we will see you next time. Peace.